Hi guys, David Farrell here. If you're looking for something to read, uh, I've just finished writing a book, so that'll work out great. If you want to find it, you can search in Amazon.com in the Kindle store. It's available to download for Kindle and e-reader. Uh, it's called The Last Resort, and uh, it's available now. So check it out if you get the chance. On with the podcast. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is The Lego Movie, starring Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, uh, Alison Brie, Elizabeth Banks, and so many others. <laughs> if um, you haven't seen the film The Lego Movie, uh, we advise you check it out before listening to this podcast. We always talk about movies with spoilers in mind, having seen them. Yeah, strongly advise, so, guys, that you do watch the movie before listening to this podcast because there's fantastic twists in it and we will be spoiling <laughs> First off, I just thought I'd mention um, the highest-grossing animated film of all time is now Frozen, which um, came out at a very similar time to the Lego movie, and I just thought I would talk a bit about, you know... Versus versus each other, how come one is now the greatest animated film of all time and how come the Lego movie perhaps hasn't grossed as much money? Mm. Um, so going into the movie, I mean, I've seen Frozen and uh, essentially as sort of an animated Disney movie, it's, uh, it's really good, but it's sort of skews towards girls, I think, because it's about two sisters. Um, girls and musical, but I mean, I'm sure boys have enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's highly the, rated. Um, I, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, the Lego movie, I was wondering if it would be skewed more towards boys, and maybe that would be the difference, is that maybe Frozen has more universal elements, and maybe the Lego movie, you know, it becomes niche because if kids don't have Lego, or, you know, are not interested in Lego, they don't want to see this movie. Um, It felt very nostalgic, though, because, obviously, I think they're trying to get the parents as well. Yeah, our generation, Lloyd. Yeah, we're the ones who started playing with Lego, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's it's like it's, uh, when you go into Transformers. You know, although it's marketed for kids, you look at the audience, in, uh, especially when I went to see Transformers One. They're all like my age. I was like, oh, that's right. This is the movie. This is the franchise that I grew up with. <laughs> that's it. And I mean, I don't know if you've been to the shops lately, Lloyd. I don't know what your Lego collection is like. But Lego is expensive. Yeah, it is. It's really expensive. I remember it not being that expensive when I was young. That's probably because your parents paid for it. It was probably (laughs) always this expensive. And I think that Lego's great, obviously. I've been to Legoland, by the way, in San Diego. Yeah, do you want to quickly tell us how that was? Oh, it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) One of the worst experiences of my life. (laughs) Okay, now you have to elaborate. What was so terrible? Oh, I was just mid-twenties, single, you know, going there and it's for kids. You know, so me and my other two mates who I went around America with, we were there going, oh, crap. You know, going on this baby roller coaster ride that we could barely fit on. Going, yay! Woo. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool seeing the Star Wars Legos and stuff like that, but the big thing I missed out on, uh, which was on the main attractions, is the Lego tour, which shows you how a Lego piece is made. I, I completely forgot about doing because when I got there, I couldn't believe how kitty the place was, and I couldn't believe how stupid it was. I didn't put two and two together. How you know Lego is for kids, and what am I doing here? You know, how did I not foresee this was going to happen? It was awful. <laughs> by the by, the same logic, Lloyd. 
should you maybe have not enjoyed this movie yeah. because it's for kids? Uh, to be honest, when I sat in the cinema um, to watch it, I was like, oh, this is going to suck so bad. But I have to say, just straight off the bat, this movie blew me away. I was so impressed. <laughs> Having um, the stop motion kind of effect, uh, the movie was completely CGI, but it feels as if they're moving each brick a little yeah. bit at a time yeah. uh, with stop motion effects. And that really created something really great, I thought. Yeah. The, best representation of that was water and fire uh, when they had and fire when they were in the ocean uh and the waves were moving up and down and it was lego pieces you know piling on top of each other i thought that was really that well was done. awesome <laughs> so this had a really late release date in australia yeah i know the, um, I, I, i'm i'm pretty sure a lot of people already probably watched it illegally online just because of the late release date of uh, in australia like i was good i waited obviously for it to come out in movies but um if cinema wants to if you know movie companies want to um combat the downloads illegal downloads they gotta rush them out you know you gotta release them universally yeah the um the cinema um was full of kids i went on a sunday afternoon yeah my, so. mine was as well <laughs> yeah tons of kids in there um to my surprise uh i wasn't sure what obviously the film was going to be like but the biggest laughs for my audience lloyd and you can tell me yours in a sec the um biggest laughs came from liam neeson's good cop bad cop (laughs) he um he kicks this chair in one scene and he just keeps kicking it and then he kicks it really high and it lands on somebody in the distance yeah they got heaps of laughs yeah, heaps of laughs for that. That was just they lost it. <laughs> Everybody loved that scene. One of mine was um, at the end when he looks at a cat poster, and it, the cat it says "believe," and the cat's mouth starts moving um, as the voice of I think it's uh, is it Morgan Freeman who does the voice? It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could believe, you know, the cat starts talking like Morgan Freeman. Oh my gosh, the crowd just lost it. I, I had a really intelligent crowd because it was a good mix of you know um people in their mid-20s and um kids and stuff like that so kids were laughing at all the really slapstick um childish sort of jokes and the adults were laughing at all the in jokes and stuff like that it was fantastic really well done in that movie i think the writers have really nailed a concept here because the um, master builders uh, is a real lego term and um having a movie about blocks of lego having lego characters in it having the whole thing be based on building things really quickly yeah. and you know using the pieces around you and things like that i think is excellent yeah i think that was one of the, one of the strongest themes and at the end of this i mean they want people to go buy lego yeah. pretty much <laughs> you know uh they want you to go buy the toys from the movie and then a billion blocks to build Mark up a Commode had a great um on his review he was saying he was at the press um screening for it and he goes you could feel the hate from the people like oh here we go it's just a big fat commercial for lego and everyone just had this aggressive attitude within he goes within 10 minutes of the film everyone was laughing and enjoying it and went with it like it was pure magic and i think one of the reasons why it worked other than being a really clever and witty script was it was just so self-aware of everything every plot hole every movie cliche everything it knew everything it was like it was written by a person who's done every lord of the rings type story 
forever you know and and it just paid out on all those things like the prophecy the um you know consumerism how how expensive coffee is you know movie cliche it was fantastic really really well done yeah and another bit where it's really self-aware is having both the everything is awesome song (laughs) uh the pop song that everybody sings all the time and whatever and uh, having us watching the TV show, Honey, Where Are My Pants? <laughs> Which, you know, it's a nod to how we all watch crap on television yeah. and, like, consumerism and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. There are layers to this film that obviously kids aren't going to get. I remember watching or re-watching Simpsons episodes. Oh, yeah. And saying, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that was in this movie I saw. Or um, watching Grease as an adult, you know, you don't realise... <laughs> that um Kaniki's got his girl pregnant yeah you know and then that she doesn't have a baby anymore at the end like uh you know this goes way over the head of sort of kids <laughs> watching these movies so layering it like that you know gives it something for adults as well i like the threat um, of the bad guy as well like uh he did seem like a really bad guy like it's really hard to write a character you either go all the way villain and it's really basic or you have a villain that's also comedic and it's a very difficult thing to pull off to have both and i think will farrell plays the voice um of the bad guy which is a fantastic idea but the scene that really showed off the threat is when he glues liam neeson's parents um and it's very sad and tragic because they're what makes it sad is how nice they are it's like oh we Mm. love you son because mom dad and then he glues them in place and like i'm assuming they're dead you know from the glue and then he erases the face of the good cop of the of the good cop bad cop and it's just like i remember that scene ended hardly anyone was laughing it was just like whoa Well, if there's no stakes, there's no point. Exactly. Because it's kind of like, yeah. otherwise they're unbreakable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the, the president president um, business, mm-hmm. uh, voiced by Will Ferrell, he, uh, he says Taco Tuesday, but then he says, you know, everyone behave and be good or whatever, or I'll put you to sleep. Yeah. Which I thought was going to be something, you know, that they revisited, but he's gluing people. He's not really putting them to sleep. And there's a cure for it as well at the end, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, no, Wait, but having sex... Wait, did put you to sleep? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I, I didn't love the beginning where, like, it took me a bit to get into it. I thought you could have started the film with a voiceover about a prophecy from Morgan Freeman <laughs> without having uh, President Business come in and, uh, like beat up Vesuvius or whatever his name was. Yep. Um, you know, you didn't need that first scene where he mentions the prophecy. You sure. could have had it start with a voiceover about the prophecy, bricks flying at the screen, um, and then cut to Chris Pratt's Emmett mm-hmm. waking up and doing the everything is awesome as a kind of intro to the film. Yeah. I didn't think that first scene was necessary. Yeah, they could have shaved off a bit of time, sure. And um, later on, then, when you see President Business, he's walking through, like, all the robots and whatever who resemble Terminators. <laughs> and um, he walks and walks and walks, and then he walks onto those stilts and gets bigger and scarier. Yeah. <laughs> you could have had that as a... That would have been a better reveal as him as the bad guy. Yeah. Um, you didn't need to reveal that in the first scene. Anyway, um, that, that was my major criticism, that first scene. Yeah. Um, he has no friends, Emmett. And he's a blank slate. And he 
he's got such a vacant mind that he can, you know, clear his mind immediately so he can build things. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, yeah, and did you think the girl voiced by Elizabeth Banks, Lucy, or Wild, Wild Style, did you think she, you know, kind of emo, they've gone for a bit of a different kind of look there? Yeah. Like the gothic um, style. No, maybe not even gothic, yeah. yeah. Well, she's got a hoodie and stuff, but probably different than most Lego pieces. I think you've got to kind of go for something original. Yeah. Um, that's how you sell new toys, I suppose. <laughs> the, um... Oh, and Spaceship th- got heaps of laughs as well. Oh, Spaceship! Spaceship! <laughs> and also the, the, like, broken helmet. Like, everybody's helmet would break that way. <laughs> yeah, you know but, I mean? the, yeah, that's right. That's a great little touch there. I remember having those uh, pieces, and yeah, it would break at that exact um, thing. Yeah, you're right. I never noticed that. <laughs> For me, the two most nostalgic moments where I thought I had that, you know what I mean? Um, one was seeing the uh, the pirate captain with the shark on his arm. <laughs> I had some of those sharks yeah. with the little, like, jaws that snap up and down. Yep. Uh, he had one of those attached to his arm. And when um, the ghosts were there, that little ghost attachment oh, yeah. um, that goes over the, the top of the Lego Man body and glows in the dark, I had some of those as well. And it was like... I had forgotten I had those until I saw them on the screen. Yeah. Anything like that for you? Uh yeah, heaps. Um, I'm. Str- I remember the Batman um, Lego, but I think that was more from the video game than actually seeing it. Um, I was disappointed I didn't see many knights and stuff like that because I was really into knights and horses and all the rest of it, particularly those horses you see in the Western um, era. But yeah, that's about it. The um. Having the artifacts or the relics, like the crazy glue and stuff, I thought was a nice touch. Oh, it was beautiful, yeah. And it it did allude to the ending, which um, let's talk about quickly. The uh, the creator is um, Will Ferrell. <laughs> He's the man upstairs, if you will, who you know, you don't know about right away. We are um, we're watching a, like um, a version of them playing with these toys, and yeah. uh, the kid has broken in, into the basement and been playing all day with Will Ferrell's Lego toys, <laughs> which as he protests, ages 8 to 14. And um, he goes, that's a suggestion. The way I'm doing it, it's for adults. <laughs> yeah, Which is very funny. Yeah, It became a Will Ferrell movie, didn't it? Yeah, it did. He really... I love the casting of him. Was that a surprise to you seeing that? Like seeing Will Ferrell, like the physical... Um, kid and the physical um, Will Farrell. Like, was that all a surprise to you, or did you know that scene was coming? No, I did not know. That I was did coming. not know that was coming, and it was. That's why I said um, I emphasized when you said, "Please watch this movie before listening to this podcast," because that blew me away. I was like, "Oh no way! They're not going this direction, are they?" And they pulled it off for me anyway. They made it really heartwarming. The whole relationship between the father and the son. It was fantastic. The um the thing I thought of when I saw it was Happy Feet because <laughs> I've in Happy Feet, Feet yeah. he um spoilers for Happy Feet guys but in Happy Feet he's uh, captured towards the end the um the tap dancing penguin and uh, he's put into a zoo and you can see on the opposite side of the glass real humans oh, um, interacting yeah. with him and then it becomes this environmental story about how they've taken this penguin from his natural habitat and stuff and it becomes an environmental movie uh which is really interesting and very similar to um the lego movie here but lloyd i saw another similarity here that really blew my mind what's that 
Years ago, I made a film, a short film called The Assignment, which Lloyd helped star in, everybody. <laughs> I was Darth Vader, yeah. I think. <laughs> you were Darth Vader. I was Batman, which, just like the Lego movie, has Batman. And the twist in the movie, and it's not that original, I'm sure it had been done before, but I made this short film where you're watching all these iconic characters talk uh, about their assignment, which, because it was for Lights, Camera, Action, I shot it in Canberra, uh, the assignment was all to do with Princess Mary and Prince Frederick, um, and included elements of things you had to see in the film because they were the items you had to include in the short film. Yeah. Uh, the twist of the film was that you were watching some kids play with all these iconic toys, and that was the twist of this film, the Lego movie, mm-hmm. which it blew me away because, like, I kind of made this movie, Lloyd, with you helping, and now we're going to talk about it here. <laughs> it's very full circle. Yeah. Um, and also, I was Batman in that film, <laughs> The Assignment, and Will Arnett, of course, voices Batman here. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, like, weird nostalgia. <laughs> and, like, it became weirdly relevant to do this film on the podcast. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had purple gloves, I believe, for uh, Darth Vader, <laughs> just to make things a bit weirder, costume department-wise. <laughs> um, yeah, so when they started doing the whole real-life thing and you realise that they're just playing and whatever, it's it became this this fascinating little nostalgia again for me. Um, Wasn't that sweet, yeah. the, how... Um they kept juxtapositioning the the reality of the kids uh, of the Lego world to what he's saying to his father, um, you know, that you're special and everything like that, and the father accepts. Like, okay, you can play with my Lego toys, I understand now. And, you know, they had that moment, oh, wasn't that sweet? <laughs> it was. I, I couldn't imagine that child doing those lines that well. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, the movie was stolen by Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. He was the best character. Yeah. And when he came into the film, it became a much funnier movie as well. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Chris Pratt and Elizabeth Banks, but it was like one movie and then bam, Batman just like, <laughs> you know, it's Will okay, Arnett did I'm an here. amazing job. <laughs> and look, let's start talking about the amount of like um, layered in adult jokes and like references to other films. Yeah, and there were so many. There's the bit where... He says, uh, get off my train, you know, instead of get off my plane, the Harrison Ford. I actually thought for a second, oh, maybe it's Harrison Ford doing that voice, but geez, he sounds like Liam Neeson. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, definitely Liam Neeson. Batman said, uh, I'm Batman. Yeah. You know. And there's also a moment where he plays music in the Batmobile and he goes i wrote this song for you and they're playing on batman how he lost his parents and he's very gothic and dark about it and i was just like geez that's daring you know that kind of joke <laughs> and him uh, in the song it's the lyric was like no parents yeah. or something yeah. <laughs> yeah my wife laughed very hard at that <laughs> and i like it how he's throwing i think it was on the trailer so it might have been spoiled for a lot of people but he's trying to hit the button and he keeps throwing you know bat um uh batarangs yeah at the thing and he finally hits it he goes yeah first try (laughs) (laughs) again yeah nailed it like every other scene batman was in was just the best scene yeah um and when he crashed through the sun and it became a bat symbol yeah as well was very cool is that necessary yeah but it's gonna look really cool (laughs) 
And there were so many well, jokes you- when they meet up in that hall. And you see characters yeah. um, from everything, you know. And Morgan Freeman's voice, like how much authenticity he has with his voice and hearing it in a comedic style was fantastic. Like he goes, uh, in 1980s um, Spaceman or Space something, Man. you know, or something like that, you know, it was great. <laughs> it was awesome having that meeting, but I feel like it's one of those moments you're going to have to pause on the DVD. Because <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get all the jokes yeah. right away. Yeah, there's so much detail visually as well. Like, there's obviously little intricacies that people are doing in the background that, as you say, you have to get a DVD and pause and go, oh, look what they did there. Like, it was brilliant. It was funny, too, the Green Lantern, how he was clingy with Superman. (laughs) And who's that voiced by? Uh, It was Jonah Hill was (laughs) uh, Green Lantern. (laughs) And um, Channing Tatum was Superman. (laughs) I like it. He goes, let me help you. Oh, I'm stuck here. I guess I can't move. (laughs) (laughs) And then their neighbors, when they both get uh, captured together. (laughs) The, um, where he mentions the security system about, you know, uh, sharks, lasers, lasers with sharks (laughs) on their heads is Austin Powers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's interesting how they built a submarine and he built the double-decker couch yeah that saves them <laughs> which isn't super helpful and i like the boat the line, um by that big guy you know with the guns and everything like that that pirate um you know how it makes the noise as it's come you know it's literally that verbal motor um yep. yeah of the boat moving that was great <laughs> yeah and some nods there to the fact that it was the kid playing when yeah. he like it's amazing how you know that but you accept the reality of the story the emotions and the the um the danger is so real yet the film uh, alerts you to the fact that this is a kid's imagination um the only part where it sort of breaks it is when the lego piece is moving by itself has to move and he falls and there's that question well is it uh, are they physically real you know are they you know sort of thing <laughs> taps into kind of a toy story yeah um world there as well you know that they're alive when you're not looking yes, and stuff yeah um yeah that double-decker couch prompted what i thought the funniest line was which was when batman says you are disappointing on so many levels (laughs) (laughs) it's just like delivered so perfectly (laughs) um the fact that he needs ideas so dumb and bad that you know that's the thing that's going to save them was great as well just when he puts the wheel on his head (laughs) yeah just acknowledging the main character is dumb is refreshing as well and chris pratt in um parks and recreation plays the character of andy dwyer and he plays like he's a really dumb guy whose career mind you is exploding (laughs) chris pratt yeah yeah let me just say i don't know if you're aware of this lloyd jurassic world is going ahead oh yeah i've heard of that yep chris pratt's in that (laughs) So, I don't know if it's a lead part or whatever the story Has is. Has he always been buff or did he just recently did it for that Galaxy movie? Because I did see a trailer for that. He got buff for Zero Dark Thirty. No, I haven't seen that. He was one of the um, SEAL Team 6 who was going after Bin Laden. Oh, okay. Um, in Catherine Bigelow's Zero Dark Thirty. Um, yeah, so he got really buff for that. I think he was posting photos on um, Instagram and stuff of himself, like once he'd worked out and uh, i believe ellen was the person who put them all on tv oh. and was like check this out and like how buff are you yeah 
back to the Lego Movie Lloyd. <laughs> we could talk about Chris Pratt's workout habits on the next <laughs> podcast, I'm sure. Um, Star Wars references. We got the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Because Popped by the up, way, Han Solo. By the way, that robot was a boy. <laughs> that hairy guy was a boy. No chicks. <laughs> Han Solo, Lando. Uh, it was the voices of Anthony Daniels as C three PO, and uh, Billy D Williams as Lando. Oh right, cool. Yeah, Han Solo wasn't Harrison Ford. No, I but figured that. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, look, so self aware as well. Like to have uh, Bruce Wayne in there. And he's like, who's that guy? Sounds like a cool guy. <laughs> the plan involving, like, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. This capitalizes on the popularity of all of the pieces that you know and love. Mm-hmm. You know? You already have a reference point for the Star Wars Lego. You have a reference point for the Batman Lego, you know? Um, they've only introduced a couple of new characters here. You know, and th- those will all be available, obviously, in Lego now. Because this is to create new sets and, you know new stuff my question Lloyd is do you think that they can pull a sequel out yeah I I think they can and um I I don't know like what they will lose is the shock ability of like what won the movie over for me other than the brilliance of the visuals the brilliance of the self-aware comedy and all that was the twist of having that reality with actually seeing Will Farrell and the kid and how well that's so intertwined together with the sequel you're not going to have that surprise anymore. You're going to go into it knowing that this is a kid's reality sort of thing. So I, I don't know which direction they're going to go with that, but the, but my point is they're not going to have that surprise value. But still, I reckon they should go ahead and make a sequel. If um, going by what Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, how good those films were, uh, I'd be really impressed if they could do something like that for this franchise. Definitely. Um I'd love to see a sequel as well, especially if it's... I'm um, definitely buying this on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> You'll have to let me know how the extra features are. Yeah, definitely. I'm <laughs> um, just running through my notes here I took during the watching of it. Uh, Vitruvius, I think his name is, mm-hmm. was uh, killed in kind of an Obi-Wan way by the Darth Vader character of President Business. And then he has that kind of ghostly return <laughs> where he gets to talk to the Luke Skywalker reluctant hero of uh, Emmett later on. Um, he made up the prophecy, which is interesting. My, one of my favorite lines was, uh, I'm not some special little snowflake by President Business. Yeah. And it's almost the wording of that fight club, you know, um, we're not all unique, uh, you know, where he's talking about everybody. It's, I don't know if that's what that was intended to be, but that's what I took from that. Sure. Release the craggle, of course, is release the kraken. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that big black monolith that was flying through the sky was a nod to 2001? Probably, yeah. <laughs> and uh, or Independence, Independence Day? Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, took that as well. Um, that abyss where he throws himself into the abyss was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, saving himself, uh, unplugging the battery and whatnot. I'm not sure how that would have looked <laughs> in terms of the child playing yeah. that stuff. <laughs> um, but anyway... And uh, the robot guards, I think I mentioned, they're like Terminators. Mm-hmm. 1980s Spaceman finally gets to build a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. And that got big laughs Yeah, as that well, was huge. It? And it's just so overpowered. It's destroying everything. It was great. Didn't it seem... Liam Neeson seemed so underpowered. Like, it was just this 
um, two-faced cop versus you know the entire universe of lego from superman to green lantern batman like i was i was wondering oh how the bad guys gonna overcome the heroes the heroes are too powerful but they did it really well when the bad guys attacked the um the headquarters in cloud city or wherever they were and um you know there was just so many uh micromanagers there was so many other um robot cops it was really cool yeah i thought the whole bit towards the end where she gets on tv replacing the um, guy with no pants where's my pants (laughs) and she says you know they have this ridiculous footage they would never have but anyway (laughs) They, um, they get on the TV and they say, you know, build what's around you, you know. That didn't really pay off, I thought, as well. No, like, the, um, because, yeah, they, were, they weren't powerful enough to fend them off because the craggle was overpowering them anyway, like they're all being glued in place. <laughs> you don't have to be the bad guy. You are the most talented, interesting, and extraordinary person in the universe. <laughs> you are the special, and so am I. And so is everyone. Well, my biggest issue with a lot of Disney movies is the magic feather theory. And what that is, is a lot of people are born into, like, they have this dream and then they chase it and they automatically get it without working for it. Like, this guy wrote it. I really wish I could quote him, uh, the name of the person who wrote it. But he gave the example of uh, Aeroplane, like the cars, like, um, you know, the sequel spin-off planes. of cars planes i think um where a guy wants to enter a race and he just does and he does really well but he hasn't really earned it the character he hasn't really worked their way up and a lot of disney movies are like this like a lot of the princess movies promote to women marry a wealthy good-looking guy and live happily ever after so the idea is wealth good-looking person and have very material things um and the lego movie sort of fell into that i felt with um you know you're the chosen one well he hasn't really earned that he hasn't worked out for it all of a sudden he's picked from the heavens as the as this uh, as the main person but it sort of does deconstruct that at the end when it's just like no i made that up you know it's all about you and believing that you know um that you can do things and all the rest of it you know it's an interesting little play on the magic feather theory Indeed. And I was going to say, uh, if everyone is special, isn't no one special? Yeah. <laughs> Which is an issue as well. Look, I like that it was the crazy glue lid. Yeah. The piece that was stuck to him, which also explains why it would stick to him. And uh, another great line at the end, solving the love triangle between Batman, Emmett and Lucy, was how he said he's the hero you deserve (laughs) that got huge laughs (laughs) which obviously is quoting christopher nolan's batman and uh was fantastic Mm. to hear uh it's taco tuesday for will ferrell's character and his son finn as well so that's a nice little tie-in of why taco tuesday is a thing (laughs) and the very final shot of this film introduces you know your sister's gonna play as well and she has dupla yeah and how freaky was it when they were talking in that kid's voice we're coming here to destroy you and it was so funny it was just like you see you see the terror in the universe of the lego like oh my gosh we're gonna get it now and it's so true you know it was a great piece of comedy there (laughs) yeah definitely and one more thing i want to ask you was obviously will ferrell's character is gluing everything together yeah right But if he is gluing everything together, it'll never be undone in theory. You know, what's the point? If nobody's going down there as well, can't he just leave it all how it is? What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, why bother gluing all of his Lego pieces together? Yeah, but it shows him with the um, polish remover, so he's removing the glue at the end. Like, are you saying before that, or...? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just think... I've never heard of that before, if that's a thing. Yeah. You know, gluing all of your Lego together. I'm like, sure people makes... do it, like, um, to link uh, modelling to Lego, and they want mm. it in a certain way. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if people did that. That's another rabbit hole we can jump down <laughs> another time, I think. All right, guys. Well, you can find more podcasts at uh, www.podmeifyoucan.com. We've got uh, 100th episode coming up soon, and uh, we're always looking for your suggestions. You can find links on our website to Facebook, our YouTube channel, and um, lots more fun things with us in them. As always, you can find us on Twitter there as well and send us your thoughts on the Lego movie and many others. Um, Gee, I'm not sure what we're going to do next, to be honest, Lloyd. Uh, There's a lot of good films coming out. Yeah, it's going to be a great year. Uh, When we get to X-Men, guys, we'll definitely be doing that, but... um, For now, from Pod Me If You Can, thanks very much for listening. Thanks, guys. All the best.